Hello and welcome along. It's episode 99 of Destination Tokyo. It's Mark Shardlow here with 10 minutes of Olympic and Paralympic chat daily. I spent yesterday at the Kitting Out in Birmingham. It's where the athletes get measured up and get given their kit for the Tokyo Games. And it's the day when I think it really hits It's that you're part of the wider team, that you're for the Olympics part of Team GB. So I'm really excited for today's guest as she made such an impact when we first chatted on episode 40. There was such a lot to take away in those 10 minutes around confidence and defining yourself and never giving up. It's a brilliant Olympic sport, it's trampoline gymnastics, and I'm really thrilled to be able to say congratulations to Laura Gallagher, today named on the team. Oh, hello, thank you so much. (laughs) What does it mean? I don't know, it feels a bit surreal at the moment, Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been so many years, so many, so much hard work, a lot of perseverance, Um, yeah, lots of challenges, um, some great times, and yeah, it just feels, I feel so happy and proud to be representing Team GB and to become an Olympian as well. <laughs> yeah, you're going to love it because I think that's when you it'll hit you when you go into the kitting out. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really impressive. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you talked about the hard work that you've put in. Can you quantify that in some way? You know, can you define what you mean by that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just sort of, I felt like I've sort of like turned myself inside out um, in order to get to where I am now. Um, for me, I've sort of, I think the biggest challenge has been mentally, um, like physically, I sort of have found that side of it a lot easier than the the mental challenges face. And um, I think confidence is something that I have struggled with in the past. And and probably um, still, that's probably my sort of go to my little blind like weakness. But you know, it's, it's a lot better now. And um, I know I know myself a lot better now. But yeah, I've had a lot of support to help me get to where I am now. Um, and I understand a lot more about myself and about how things work and about how to do things a lot better, really. Um, and that involves, you know, being smarter with training, preparation to competitions and big events and knowing how to prepare uh, both mentally and physically and the right sort of training that suits me and not comparing to other people, which um, I think is a big part of growing up and gaining more experience and things anyway. But yeah, it's... um. I think that's been the hardest, <laughs> hardest part. Obviously, there's been like, you know, injury challenges and, and health challenges along the way as well. But yeah, I'd say that's probably the hardest part of my journey. And obviously, there's hours and hours um, spent in the gym, physically training and, and getting to where I am now. So it, it does feel, it feels surreal and, and just incredible. And given those struggles that you've talked about and the fact you left the sport in 2016, would you say when you sit there today reflecting on it that you've enjoyed the journey of the last few years? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the last five years have just been um, incredible. Um, I actually feel so proud of myself from where I started five years ago and then to where I got, got now. And do you know what? In the last few days, um, I've spoken to my mum just to find out a little bit more about why I started from what sh- what I told her when I was younger and things like that. Because I think you remember things differently, don't you, when you look back and or you remember things wrong or I don't know, even to the point where I thought I'd started when I was six and that's not the case at all. <laughs> um, but um, it was funny because she used to write these letters at Christmas time, her and her friends, like a sort of an annual letter that I used to put in Christmas cards. And she managed to look back at some of them and um, she sent me a, a screenshot and it said, um, 
So Laura nurtures an ambition of being a professional trampolinist. And then in brackets, she has a wonderful imagination. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that was just brilliant because that's mum and, you know, that's like, you know, support regardless. Um, But I suppose at that time it wasn't in the Olympics at that, you know, 97. It didn't enter the Olympics until 2000. So, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe from a practical point, maybe she wasn't wasn't sure but I just thought that was really funny because I don't remember that I just remember enjoying like all sports and and not having a favorite when I was that young but I think I did it sounded like I did I talked about it a lot and yeah and um she said that her and dad uh spent quite a long time trying to <laughs> talk me through you know that um that's you know that's not even really a thing but <laughs> I wouldn't have it apparently <laughs> I was going to be a professional trampolinist and yeah it's just um yeah just talking about that and sort of looking back on um early days and things like that that things that I wouldn't have actually I haven't actually done before um that's been quite quite enjoyable part of this 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 stage of the process as well just sort of looking back a little bit further than the last five years and 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 what really made me tick in the first place and why I started so that was really cool yeah what age were you when you started then well, actually, mum mum took me to gym talk. She she um she was doing a bit of supply teach. She was a PE teacher, but when we were little, she did sort of supply teaching, and she helped out at this gym talk tonight. So I was on the trampoline when when I was a baby with her, and then did gym talks, and then um she was just helping a friend out actually who coached tra- gymnastics. She did the trampoline, and me and my brother used to go along, and um so I was probably you know four. <laughs> um, when I was like doing lessons um same with the swimming she just did a bit of swimming teaching as well and me and my brother went to swimming lessons while she taught so we were quite lucky doing all of that when we were growing up so that was <laughs> brilliant <laughs> it was just cool <laughs> yeah I think you showed then what what's come through to me in just our few short chats is that you have uh, an amazing resilience and a determination <laughs> as well and one thing, you know, looking back uh, at some of your story that struck me was um, you, you have celiac disease as well. So yes. you obviously have to overcome or reinvent yourself with that, amongst other things. So how did that affect you as, a, as an athlete and how have you managed it? That was really interesting because um, I, I sort of I didn't realise um, things got a lot worse for me. Um, I actually didn't get diagnosed until I was about 22. Um, and I'd noticed that, that I had some, you know, some stuff going on. I didn't really know what was, what was actually going on. I, before getting diagnosed with celiac, I was struggling with, um, just lots of things. Um, I had there so many, so many things looking back now, now I don't feel those things, um, <laughs> that I'm like, how, how was I like doing what I was doing? And, um, I got diagnosed a few months before with, um, hypothyroidism. So, um, so that means I've just got to take a daily tablet just to manage that, um, which is underactive thyroid essentially, and um, and apparently there's quite a strong link between that and celiac disease, or other autoimmune diseases, and um, yeah, I guess when I look back, I probably first started realising I used to get a skin rash and um, various other symptoms as well um, when I was since I was like twelve, from as far as I can remember, and bloating was a big thing. So wearing a leotard and bloating and weight and things like that is obviously <laughs> not so great that was actually a bit of a surprise but there before I actually went through to to investigate further because things were sort of getting a lot worse and I was getting a bit more poorly with it um I guess I didn't really know what to do because I, I just sort of the biggest thing was like just extreme fatigue and um 
I didn't really know to go to the doctor and just say I'm really tired and you know I'm just like that various other things as well I didn't really know where to go with that so it was actually lucky it was at one of our screening they sort of found some stuff and I went further further um sort of investigation so yeah it was I was quite lucky that um that, that I had had that support and to to find that help it took it took some months but um but honestly, I, I looking back now, I, I think a lot of the things I actually thought was normal actually <laughs> really weren't normal. But like you know, until you recover a little bit, you don't realise um, actually what you were feeling before wasn't wasn't really normal at all. And is your adaptation diet related? Um, yeah. So celiac, the, the only way is a gluten free diet. So that's obviously tricky when you go away, especially um, two countries like Japan. Um, you know, at source source is a big, <laughs> a big um, like. Um, uh, in their food it's it, you know things like that it's um I think on the whole it's it's really easy over here now and um, there's quite a lot of awareness around it but certainly when you go to other countries you've just got to be prepared so I'll take my own food um so half my suitcase is actually like tuna like things that last well and and before I'll have a look um obviously we get we get nutritional support so we do often have a look just in preparation where the nearest supermarkets are and things like that for fresh food but yeah just being prepared for anything really so taking my own stuff found seemed to be the um the safest and easiest way because I actually I just can't have a crumb of gluten that's not that's not how it works I'm not intolerant it's it's an actual autoimmune disease it's not it's not an allergy so um, I have to be really careful that's something that's like you know really strict Gosh, careful and prepared, really prepared them for something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, that's fantastic. I can't wait to see you in your Team GB kits and performing out there. I guess we're so close now that you'll be flying out in, what, six weeks? Oh, no, four weeks probably. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're quarantining um, at the National Training Centre, which is part of the criteria before we, you know, of Japan um, has requested that so before we fly out we'll be bubbling up together lots of testing and then we fly out yeah and competition at the end of July as well so yeah on the 30th of July so yeah big um, big few weeks ahead and <laughs> really looking forward to it can't wait brilliant oh well great to see you smiling away there um, and congratulations on becoming an Olympian and uh, enjoy the whole process from now on thank you so much <laughs> Laura Gallagher who's been named in the GB trampoline gymnastics team for Tokyo alongside silver medal winner from Rio, Bryony Page. And like I said earlier, if you want to hear more from Laura, you can go back to episode 40 and hear her fascinating take on her time both in and out of the sport. Uh, that's it for today. Tomorrow is episode 100 with British hockey gold medal winner Shona McCallan. And it also marks six weeks to go until the opening ceremony. Thanks for all your support and for listening and see you on the next one. Bye-bye.